0: I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. And like always, I'm joined by my husband and my co-host, Josiah, how are you?
1: Micah, I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. It is a beautiful morning. Well, probably afternoon by now. It's kind of hard to see after we've been in the studio and had a couple of rounds of coffee and have a couple amazing guests with us. So for sure.
1: And Micah, I would just ask you this. Is there a word of encouragement for the listener today who's tuning in, press and play?
0: Oh my gosh. i uh- I'm on the spot right now but I would just say something that God's been really stirring in my heart is be learning how to be ready in and out of season and I think for me personally that's been evident in 2020 or last year since we're 2021 right now and just recognizing that when God says pivot we need to pivot when we need to transition we need to transition we need to dive deep Well, I should be under the water deep already, you know, so I'm just really want to encourage the listener. If you find yourself in a, in a deep trench in a deep hole, um, the only way to look out and feel the presence of God is to look up and look out and look to what he has. So Mm -hmm. I would just be encouraging the heart today. Be ready in and out of season, knowing the word of God, having it written on your heart, and living it out each and every single day, even when it's hard, even when it's challenging, because the eternal reward is so worth it, and so is he. So that's just what's been in my heart. So That's amazing. Well, without further ado, I don't want to talk anymore because we have a phenomenal guest who Exciting. is joining us today, and I'm going to have Josiah introduce who this lovely gal is. I'll just who say hello, hello
1: on the other end to Aaron Eddy. Hi, Aaron. How are you?
2: How are you doing? Are <laughs> you doing great
1: in yourself?
2: Oh, you know, it's been such a good, like fulfilling day today. Not every day is like that. So you gotta celebrate when you got those days, you know? <laughs>
1: Definitely. And for the listener, Erin is a social entrepreneur, a writer, a speaker, and a creative director. Um, she's also the founder of the lifestyle clothing brand So Worth Loving. Erin and her work have been featured all over the place. You've probably come across it online or in person, whether it's on CNN, MSNBC, Mashable, Oprah, Jezebel, Southern Living, and the Atlanta Magazine. She's a frequent guest on podcasts like this one, and a speaker at conferences or corporate headquarters and gatherings. Erin speaks and writes about personal struggles, community, empathy, entrepreneurship, and the power of honest conversations and the impact of self-doubt. Right now, she's living outside of Atlanta, but Erin, thank you so much for just investing in our community of young adult leaders.
2: Mm, Thank you so much for having me. I know that you guys, I'm sure I can learn just so much from what you've seen and heard, even just from the engagement with those that you, yeah, that you empower. Yeah. Thank
0: you for having me. We are Are you kidding? We're honored to have you here. I was just like having, when Josiah says all those things, I can read all of the description of what you're doing and what God's doing, doing in your life. And I'm just sitting here, I'm like, how does she manage that horsepower in her? Like, that's what instantly my mind goes. But for the people who may not know you, Erin, we'd love to hear more about um, you and your walk. and It's like your personal journey. So what has life been like? Will you start off by sharing some of your story, the journey of life, and how faith has impacted you Um yeah, what do you want to share with our audience today? Yeah, well, I'll give some
2: context, maybe to what my upbringing looked like, to what brought me maybe sure. to where I am now. Um, my parents, they manufactured furniture for a little over forty years, and so I grew up with entrepreneurs. Um, I grew up with uh, mom and dad making furniture, hundred thousand square foot factory. They employed, you know little over 100 people in their community and incredible. the average yeah and the average income of that neighborhood was uh, 15,000 a year was the okay. average income so they provided some incredible jobs and uh, for individuals and it was really changing uh, lives there and so I, I grew up though with, like when you hear like entrepreneurship like entrepreneurial family like you think like structure and discipline and that didn't necessarily, necessarily exist in my family as much as free spirit and sure. creative and um, attunement to the Lord and His calling, and uh, a lot of it was very more free and not so much um, rule structure, and then also then religion. There's my parents both believe in the Lord, and so I did grow up in a faith based household, but. Um, very free spirit thinking in a lot of ways. And so that I don't have the typical Southern bell story cause I grew up in the South. Um, my parents are both from Ohio and Indiana moved to the South and then the furniture they manufactured was inspired by Santa Fe, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just a different perspective of growing up. And so when I was uh, 17, I met my former husband, um, and then I got married at twenty-one, and I did kind of like, and you know, you asked the question about where has faith been a part of your mm-hmm. story? So I grew up Christian home, and um, you know, did all the good Christian girl things that you do when you when when you grow up in the church. I saved myself a marriage. I, you know, I did marry my high school sweetheart. He was a few years older than me, but I married that per- my former husband when I was twenty-one, and then. Um, At 29, I found myself um, going through a divorce, separated, going through a divorce. And, you know, things don't suddenly happen. It was a Mm -hmm. slow drip. And I can look back on when I see the journey of my faith, the enemy planted a seed when I was seven years old that could have been such a... uh, just a naive way of thinking, but he manifested it into a lie that I had to perform and be a certain way to be loved. Mm-hmm. And so, my relationship with my father, my heavenly father, reflected that. And uh, you know, in the interim of that time period, my faith looked like um, you know pursuing my purpose or what my calling was, and asking questions and my giftings and my skill sets and working for different organizations to then starting my business so worth loving um 10 years ago I started it and so my faith journey has been a constant deconstructing of what I felt like I needed to perform and learn to just invite the Lord in but then also accept his invitation to Mm -hmm. loving me in the most purest form
1: Thank you so much, Aaron, for yeah. just sharing your upbringing, your history, your narrative, that with, especially with such grace and transparency of just the things that you've walked through mm-hmm. and that are now your story to tell. And I look mm-hmm. at <clears throat> the next thing I want to ask you about is so worth loving. You mentioned it and just touched on it, but is my math right? 2010, you launched that?
2: and early 2011 March so it will be 10 years this March
1: Incredible. and I was gonna say I felt like I had maybe followed along the so worth loving journey for like half of it but I've only probably seen maybe since 2018 2017 2018 Um, and obviously a lot has changed but can you just share um, maybe for the listener who really is going to be curious about how did you start and launch and it will come back to that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So listen, so crazy. Cause I, I went to high school. I barely went to high school. It was really bad at school. I repeated fifth grade. I mean, my my calculus teacher was just really trying to help me pass this, the exam. You know, I was so bad at school. So anyways, I didn't go to college. I didn't really know what it was that I wanted to do with my life. And I started working for a ministry when I was 21 and the founder there asked me the question. He said, Aaron, sky's the limit. What do you want to do? And you don't ask a 21-year-old that. You're either doubtful or, you know, unrealistic. I don't know. (laughs) Or maybe a little bit of both. Um, (laughs) And I didn't have an answer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I didn't have an answer. I was just like, "Uh, is that a trick question? I'm working here. So what I want to do for my life is work here because I just didn't know what it was that I wanted to do. And I was doing a lot of grunt work stuff there. I was just grateful that they believed in me and wanted to invest in me as a leader because they le- they're a leadership ministry. And so uh, I, I started working there, asking me that question, don't really know how to answer it. You know, I, I remember doing laundry one day, and the Lord brought me back to a memory when I was younger about how I had prayed, Lord, I, just, I want you to use my voice for good. Always, just always use it for good. Always use it to bring light. people's lives like just whatever it is just use my voice for that and so i thought specifically i think sometimes we think when a lord brings us to a memory we think that that must be black and white so i thought singing of course voice i can control the lyrics singing that's what it is he wants me to use my voice for good he wants me to sing (laughs) and i can sing and so i thought and i was singing growing up at my church and so I decided to pursue music. when I pursued music, um, it was such a vulnerable thing. And y- y'all know when you start something brand new, it's so vulnerable to share it with the world and share the, the excitement and what the learnings and people observe if it's good or bad. And it was just, that's what I did when I pursued music, felt that way. And while I was pursuing music by night, art director by day at this nonprofit, the music was a passion project of mine and I had just said yes to the invitation of God wanting me to explore my gifts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I, th- I look back and while I don't do music now, I knew that that yes was an invitation to something bigger. Amazing. And I, I, I just remember um, after a few EPs were released and somehow by the grace of the Lord, my song got a contract with VH1, MTV, Oxygen Channel, I mean, Lifetime. I did not pursue those. I am not music savvy. I didn't even know the difference between a melody and a harmony. Uh, You know, I was so (laughs) new to music and recording that it was only God. It was only God to do this. And, and I think about that now going into this book. I'm like, Lord, this is only you. Like this is only you to do this. Cause I'm bad at grammar. So anyways, long story short, I ended up putting, um, I wanted to create fan merch. So, I didn't have money to buy product for my fans that had like a saying on the shirt. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, I'm going to put my my home address on my Tumblr blog. And if anybody wants to mail me their personal shirt, they can mail it to me and I'll spray paint that they're so worth loving and I'll mail it back to them for free. (laughs) And I did that for eight months and I received just an abundance of stories of people telling me why they felt unworthy of love. And uh, a lot of it was depression, anxiety, divorce, breakup, right. physical abuse, verbal abuse to themselves to, or enduring it from somebody else. Right. And I just thought, this is something so much bigger than music. And I have to do this and figure out, Lord, I feel like this is something that you want. And I know that you're going to teach me how to do it along the way. And then that started screen printing shirts and then collections later. And here we are. <laughs>
1: That's really remarkable. I didn't even know that part of the backstory of like the music piece and then mm-hmm. it kind of got you moving in this direction and then to, you know, the, the spray painted shirts to then the screen printed shirts. And now you could follow along on Instagram and just see what would look at like outward instant success or overnight success. You'd be like, well, you should have seen this a decade ago. <laughs> yes, So I'm Absolutely. So I mean, like you're take us back to that moment maybe of like receiving these shirts that people want to read that they're so mm-hmm. worth loving. Like so worth loving is your movement. It's yeah. it's your forthcoming book, which P.S. congrats. We'll talk more about that. But like this is a message that God's mm-hmm. placed on your heart that you're so worth loving. And and now you've been sharing it as an mm-hmm. anthem for people to hold on to and like take us back to maybe the why, what was it that kept you going? Mm,
2: Such a great question. I'm so glad you asked that. You know, I look back, I remember I was so moved by the fact that people wanted to support my music. And this was before social media really was a thing, like Facebook and MySpace and Tumblr, you know, like those are like the areas of which, and Facebook was like new to what it like, what it was because they had just opened it up for like, you know, you don't have to be in college to be on it. Like right. it was before that, it was like, you had to be at college to be on it. Right. Uh, I'm really like dating myself. <laughs> I'm 33 for anybody doing math. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, and, uh, and so I just remember, I was so honored that anybody out yeah. there in the world that was a stranger wanted to support what I was like, my music, like, that they'd want to, watch my music videos and listen to my music. And so when I started doing shirts, spray painting shirts, I just remember receiving, like I was so moved by receiving packages of these shirts that smelled like someone's laundry that they had just freshly washed. And they wanted, they they purposefully packed it, purposefully sat down on on like their desk and wrote their story out Mm -hmm. and sent mail, went to the mailbox, which we all don't enjoy doing. And mailed me their shirt to have this, pr- this, imp- like pressed on them that wow. they are worthy of love. Like they're so worth loving. Mm-hmm. And then wait for it. Whenever I have the time to spray paint it, to mail it back.
0: And, I mean,
2: it was <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And the thing is, is that I mean, I started doing it on my own shirts. Like I had a Miley set. It was in Miley Cyrus was in Walmart. So I had a Miley Cyrus hoodie and I, <laughs> and I had like a forever 21 sweater and then like a, i don't know like, you know all these like random shirts that i was spray painting on my own and they were cardboard stencils and fabric spray paint it wasn't a piece of it wasn't like an artistic like masterpiece it was i duct taped cardboard stencils and then would put towels around to make sure i didn't get it on my shag carpet and i just i was so moved by people wanting to wear that mm-hmm. at that level that I thought if people are wanting to wear it at this level, if I provided this message for you to buy for a friend mm-hmm. that's going through a breakup and, and, and typically what I recognize too, like we don't know how to show up for people that are going through hard times. Sometimes we don't right. know what to say. Wow. Because sometimes I want to say, well, you know, it could be worse. We'll say things like that, or well, you know, okay, but like, what are some blessings? Like we, or we, or we just say, I'm so sorry, and I ha- literally have nothing to say further. I, I found that people just wanted to say, like, I, this sucks, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't change your value. It mm-hmm. doesn't change your worth and your worthiness. Whether it was the mistake you made, the relationship that you, the status that you have the financial success or lack of this does not change your value and that's that to me was like when i started piecing it together with the stories that we were receiving i just thought all of the stories if all these people they all felt alone i felt i have felt so alone in my story if we if they knew that they weren't i believe and and now i see that when you know you're not alone, you seek right counsel, you seek right therapy, right books, mm-hmm. things that bring us closer to healing and restoration, which is exactly wow. what the Lord wants us to do. Right. Lord so shirts, do that.
0: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but those shirts were a testimony for somebody to, to say, like, hey, I'm hurting, I'm broken, I'm lost. I need to know that I love, I'm loved, and my life matters. And you are just offering hope to anybody who is willing to send a shirt. Literally. And I think that is what the gospel is like we as believers and we as pastors and influencers or wherever you're at right now, as a listener, you have the opportunity to offer something free. And that is the hope. And that is an invitation um, to Jesus Christ. And every single person is one invitation away. And to know that we have an endless supply of invitations stuffed in our pockets and we're not offering those or we are offering those freely Wow, that is such an amazing thing to know that as a believer, as a child of God, that we have that opportunity not to only bring the presence of God everywhere we go, but to offer an invitation and extending our hands of love through an act like you did, um, through an organization, through a clothing company, through a book, through whatever God may lead you. I mean, I'm sure at age 21, the person you are right now and the story that you're telling may not have even been on your reg- like. It isn't registering at 21 like you said like I want to work here forever. Yes, cuz I don't want to lose my job now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, it's too funny. But Erin, we are so excited to hear you talk more about a book that God has obviously been birthing inside mm-hmm. of you and we would just love for you to just to share with the audience who do you hope your book will reach and what will readers find in those pages that you know that you've been able to create? Mm, yeah
2: goodness, yes, and just to share what you I just want to piggyback what you said, I think sometimes we think we have to monetize something in order to make impact, and we have to make it financially sustainable, so sometimes. When we do that, it robs us of the wonder of what God can do without thinking through that lens. Sheesh, that's good. <laughs> right? And I think I'm a true walking testimony of that <laughs> because I think, uh, you know, you look at my bank account over the course of the 10 years and you would be like, that doesn't reflect externally what I know about So Earth Loving or what she's done with it. And I think it's in in the beginning. I just responded to the wonder that God wants us mm. to have. He wants us to have this like childlike faith, but this enjoyment, like you were saying, this enjoyment to to love others and serve and care. And He'll take care of it. And and He has done that over and over and over again in my life. And you know, being a in some ways, I joke I'm a starving artist and a scrappy CEO you know like I I, uh, and this book is is such a testament to the Lord's providing in so many ways and I um I remember when I first started thinking about writing I was in my separation and I was very confused and my lack of self-worth was just uh, my self-esteem was so low and it was a accumulation up to that point. But it was like, you know, they say when there's so much pressure, you see what's underneath. And I just had a lot of nasty underneath, you know, and not nasty to degrade myself. There was just a lot of nasty. <laughs> and I just remember writing about 40,000 words in the first three months of my separation. And it was just in my journal. It was not to put it anywhere. It was not to place it into and it wasn't to make it anything I just I had so many feelings and I couldn't I didn't know where to put them and so I just needed to get them out I needed to get words that didn't make sense out sentences that didn't make sense out just get it out like thought processes that didn't make sense just get it out and I just kept writing and writing and writing and so I found during that time I was like man writing is it's, I've always journaled since I was 12 but this Released something in me that I just had never experienced before and I just remember um, You know year later still journaling still grieving, you know two years later grieving The divorce it's a death it is a death of what you thought you had It's a death of what is it's a death of what could be it's a death of it's just so it's a death of so many things and so um, I was grieving and I thought I'm just going to write every day on grief. Wow. I'm not going to tell anybody about it. I'm not telling anybody that I'm doing it. I'm just going to do it. So I just started journaling um, in my notes on my phone and I locked it. Just thoughts on grief, things I hadn't processed. And then I thought, you know, I wonder if this could help somebody. You know, maybe I'll, I'll create like a, a, like a book, like a downloadable PDF that people can just like download and read if they want. And then that turned into, well, what if you had a book? Like, it was like a thought. Well, what if you wrote a book? And then it was like, I can't write a book. No way. I'm so bad at grammar. And then it was like, and then it was like, well, but why don't you put together a proposal and just like for yourself, just for fun, just to see if you could even make that promise. So I do that. And then, man, the Lord provided an agent randomly from somebody that introduced um, Alex my agent to me and he Alex I shared my story with Alex and my thoughts and my dreams for future thoughts for books I talked to him for two hours and that's a good agent when you can just unleash thoughts and ideas and uh, and then a book came to be where right this book I hope that somebody when they read it they read the when they read my honest thoughts my honest questions my anger, my heartbreak met with joy and recovery and reconciliation and understanding the love of God. I hope when they read that journey that I had, that they really see themselves in this book, that they give themselves permission and grace to ask questions that we're scared to ask. Maybe we're scared to even journal. Maybe we're scared to admit we might be, you know, I joke in the, um, I think I joke in the introduction or the first chapter about how I went to it was my first chapter. I went to my therapist and I was like, "Am I a narcissist? Am I self-absorbed? Am I a codependent? Am I this? Am I that?" All these questions that we all Google, we all know we Google. (laughs) If we've gone through something hard or we think we have an illness, we're like WebMD. It. Um, I that book is filled with it, and so I hope that it gives somebody. I just hope it gives somebody the freedom to be honest with what's going on inside of them and to to bring it to God and know that God is confident to handle whatever it is that we're going through.
1: Totally. That's amazing. And Aaron, it's what an amazing journey that points as a testimony to the faithfulness of God that you're in right now. You're in that story right. of God. Only God, like you mm-hmm. Setting your own words, and I think that many people find themselves loosely connected to that journey. It that narrative somewhat resonates with them, but they're still in that moment of hung up on, I don't feel worthy of being loved. They're searching for security, they're searching for stability, they're trying to discover their own self, their self-worth, their identity. Um, and and I would just ask you, like. what would you say to that person who is searching for hope, grasping for hope, longing to hear that they are worth loving? Mm,
2: Absolutely. I remember a time, I'll share just a little bit of my moment of being in that same spot that this person right now is in. And our circumstances will look a lot different. I just remember being at the very just, end of myself, really rock bottom. I remember floating in the bathtub where the water just kind of submerges over your face, you know, where you, like your eyes are there, your ears are filled up and you're like, I'm probably getting water in my ears and you're just floating. And I was just so sad and I was so um, depressed and I had sought out instant gratification in so many different ways uh whether it was guys whether it was distraction of going out all the time not even like going out bad just like lots of dinners lots of coffee dates lots of just busy 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 um i you know everything was stripped of me everything i found my identity in money status success relationships um even just like appearance uh and like i had lost uh, 15 pounds. My hair was falling out. I was so anxious and just so sad, and just like barely wanted to brush my teeth. Um, all of those things. I was just feeling the weight of it all. I felt so hopeless. And I was like, "Why are the things that I'm pursuing that in the moment feel good make me feel worse? What is that about? Why do I feel this way, Lord? Why? Where are you? Um, you are supposed to be my guard, my protector, and I just don't feel you present. I don't. I don't feel you. And I just remember in that moment, two things that came to mind was that God was not, is not a feeling. He is always present, always truthful, always there. He's not just a feeling. And I just kept trying to feel something. I was pursuing things that were fulfilling me and making me feel something. And so my encouragement is to just rest in knowing that he's not a feeling. So if you don't feel him right now, it doesn't mean he's not there. It doesn't mean that he's absent of your circumstance. And another thing that happened in that bathtub when my face was submerged in the water and I was so sad and just snot crying and just, just so sad, I just remember thinking I just don't want to exist anymore. It's not that I want to hurt myself, I just don't want to exist anymore. I just feel like I'm a burden to everything, everyone. I just feel hopeless. And I remember him, it was almost and I know it was the Holy Spirit just pressing because I was so stubborn and angry and it was such sweetness and a peace that came over me and I had felt him just share with me like like Aaron. It was like I almost heard his, him say my name so audibly of Aaron. You have tried so hard for so long on your own strength, your own wisdom, your own discernment, your own self protection. Just trust me. Let me hold the things that you're holding. Trust me and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Learn what Matthew 11 says, like learn to rest with me. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. Like I'm a doer, like I'm a go getter. So I'm like, okay, Lord, I'll do that. But how do I do that? (laughs) do that? Okay. Okay. I want to do that. How do I do that? So for the tired soul that's listening right now that might identify with that and it's like, that's a sweet moment. It's sweet impression, but like tactically, like Mm
0: -hmm.
2: what does that look like? You know, my encouragement is to, to, to not only invite God into your circumstance, but accept the invitation that he's asking you. And that is to trust him. And that means not controlling. It means not seeking instant gratification. It means identifying what is it that you seek that fills those moments. Because when you start to look in, and that's what the first section of the book is, when you start to look in at what you are seeking, you start to see the moments that are the invitations that God can come in and you can trust him with.
0: That is so good. Erin, I just think about what you said. It's like you felt like you were reaching the end of yourself. And I think – for anybody listening and anybody who has a similar story or you're in a storm coming out of a storm or there's a storm coming, there's a point I think that God takes, we all have our own rock bottoms, right? And it takes, sometimes that's our wake up call. Sometimes that's our reality check. Sometimes that's when we do recognize what we're holding on to and we haven't fully trusted God to fulfill or to provide. And I just think when we reach the end of ourselves, that is just the beginning of God. Like God is like, okay, now you're listening. Now I can, now I can look you in the eyes and hold your cheeks and say, like, hey, like, I love you and I'm here for you. And it makes me um, think about the song Amanda Cook sings it. And it's called Bitter into Sweet. And she talks about,
1: mm-hmm. like, the
0: things that the enemy meant to crush you with, with is the wave of grace that will lift you higher. And I think, like, you were once in this bitter season and God is now using it as a sweet aroma offered back to him because you've made yourself available. You wanted to lean to the response, but then you pose the question, well, how do I do that? And I think that that moment was a moment of hope, even in the same sense, probably a minute before it was hope, it was despair. It's like, yeah, like I don't know if I want to exist. Like I, why, like what's, what is happening? And I would just ask the question, um, coming out on the sweet side of it now, um, or for the listener who's wanting that bitter moment to turn into something mm. sweet and beautiful offer yeah. back to Christ, What does it look like to truly love yourself right now and to truly love others? Well,
2: Mm, yeah, Mm, that was such a good word. I can't wait for this to be live so I can re-listen to that.
1: (laughs) Praise God. Um, It's
2: so true. You know, I think what it means to learn to love yourself is, to go to the source of of love right and i think sometimes for the long well for the longest time for me i was i was the source out of my own strength out of my own will out of my own power out of um, my own skill sets what i'm great at my strengths i you know i did all the strength finders tests and the integrams and oh these are my weak moments these are my strong moments you know yep. all of those things that we do yep. i lo- i was loving myself from all of that knowledge instead of learning um, how God sees me and who God is, and until I was able to sit and go, this is who you are. To rewire, I had to rewire what the enemy had wanted me to believe about God. I had to fight. It was a battle of my mind. of It was a war. I mean, it was a war of what I thought He was because the enemy wanted me to believe that. Because if the enemy allows me, if I if I allow the enemy for me to believe that and stay entangled in it, then I don't really know what the true form of love is to then really truly love another person because I don't even know where this true source of who the true source of love is. And so for me, it's going back to God teach me. I remember it's in Jeremiah where it talks about, um, you know, uh, for I know the plans I have for you. Well, I love in the King James version, it says for, I know the thoughts I think towards you. And I prayed over and over again, what are your thoughts, Lord? What are your thoughts that you think towards me? Also, what are your thoughts that you think towards you? Like, who are you? Like, teach me who you are. When you learn who the Lord is, you are able to then sit in someone else's story at at the most purest level with no no conditions, no um, responding out of uh, projection or your own knowledge or your own like fear of what they might be revving up inside of you. You can just sit. Mm -hmm. And I think for so long, I just desired friendships. I had talked about in the book how I've been, I was really burned by a a bunch of friends, like a community of friends. And I, I, what I desired was somebody just to sit with me, just how Mm -hmm. Jesus sat, just how he sat with people he didn't agree with, like Zacchaeus, like Zacchaeus being a tax collector, he was looked upon as just the same as anybody that was, you know, Uh, A cheater, greedy, Mm -hmm. stealing—all of those, all of those nasty things that people feared to sit with him. And Jesus was like, "Come down, let's sit. I want to talk. I want to be in your home. You know." And Zacchaeus welcomed him. I think to love yourself is to know the true source of love, to understand who the Lord is and how He loves, to then be able to go sit and be present with others um, that so desperately just need an ear, and rarely do they need advice as much as an
0: ear. That's beautiful.
1: And that's a theme, Erin, that you just hit on of this, who's the source of love or what is your source of love? Because we can search for love and find a lot of empty wells, a lot of empty sources that are broken. And then you find the true source of love, the one who is called love, the one who is love and everything else changes, like you said. And man, I think that that process is gradual. And then I think you hit on something else. So it's our, our discovery of ourself and our value that's actually mm-hmm. continual. It's like lifelong. And you you touched on the battle of the mind, right. which is a war that's worth waging. Mm-hmm. And it's a lifelong battle. And I think that what I'd like you to follow up with, if you will, Aaron, is just, can you talk about what is discovering your value look like for you today? And maybe what could yeah. somebody who's, looking for identity in the process of self-discovery, what is looking for their value look like for them today too?
2: Mm. Uh, You know, for me, I feel like I am continually, you know, in the battle of my mind and continually discovering. It looks like being able to ask myself questions when I'm at the crossroads of when I start to va- find my value in circumstances, or find my value in relationships, association, status, um, whenever I'm at a crossroads of choices that I make, you know, decisions that I, I, I need to make in life, um, Lord, you know, I I pray. I'm like, Lord, guide my steps, teach me who you are in this. Let me see you first and foremost before anybody else in this. Um, when I learn to be more dependent on the Lord, I'm less dependent on other people to satisfy me. And he only can satisfy me. I mean, I've, you know, I've been married for, I was in a relationship for almost 13 years and then I dated a bunch and then I found myself, you know, climbing ladders of like success and work and association to people and, you know, and had an investor and like, you know, all of these things I was finding myself worth in all of it was counterfeit love and counterfeit value. Um, those things are supposed to be supplemental, not fulfillment. And I think I'm on a constant journey of checking my heart and checking the root of where my heart, like what my heart is rooted in. I'm I'm in a constant check of where my heart is rooted in. Cause it will help me identify more of if I'm fi- dependent on God or if I'm dependent on this thing, if this thing turns out well, then I'll think this about myself. I, you know, I, I think sometimes we think, if I'm more of this, less of that, if I had this and none of that, then X, Y, and Z. And I'm just learning to ask that question over and over again with everything that I go through in life now, moving forward with that filter. You know, Lord, teach me how you want me to learn where
0: you are in this and let me find my value always sustaining in this. That's so good. I'm just reminded, Josiah and I walked through a difficult season a couple years ago and just trying to discover like, where are we going? What are we doing? Who do we take with us? Who's coming with us? Where have we been? And just kind of do like a self-evaluation of just life and just the love and power of Christ. And Josiah was kind of in a frustrated state of just like, I don't know what to do. You know, just kind of like that panic mode of the mm-hmm. realization of yes. is is in front of us, yeah. and to recognize. And I remember saying to him, "I go, Josiah, I go. When has God stopped providing? When has God stopped mm-hmm. providing? The answer is never. Mm-hmm. From the Bible times to to who we are to what we have, it's like God is always there. And I'm also just reminded as you talk about counterfeit love and. The more we know who we are in Christ, the more we know about Christ's love. It's like if you work at a bank and you're a banker, you don't study the counterfeit money. So you study, you study the real thing. And just like us as believers, we should be studying not necessarily the ways of the world of participating and believing that is our salvation and that's where we, you know, hold our value, but to understand the words of the gospel, the words of Jesus himself and what we have to look forward to. And I think even for the listener today, you know, like yeah. if you find yourself counterfeiting anything Surrender that to God and ask him to, to reveal himself. And like you said about Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, like, Lord, what are your thoughts towards me? What are my thoughts? Am I living the Romans 12 life of helping me to be transformed by the renewing of my mind each and every single day? And I think sometimes when we focus on Jeremiah 29, 11, we forget about what has, what's said after that. You will know me when you seek after me with your whole heart. And I believe Profound. that you were in a season, not just seeking the 2911 part of the verse, but you read on, you're like, oh, I'm going to seek you with my whole heart to understand the 2911 portion of this. Like it's a, it's, a, it's a dual relationship that's coming together very beautifully. And sometimes we think we just get stuck. At that 29 11, well, you know, Lord, what do we do now? And mm-hmm. forget to really read on and to live on in those moments, and each moment counts. And we're going to take this next moment. Erin, are you up for a fun challenge? Always, y'all. I'm a seven on the
1: Enneagram. <laughs> <Praise> <laughs> She's excited.
0: That's what you are, right? Yes. And I'm a challenger. So, hey, <laughs> this is going to be great. <laughs> this is going to be great. <laughs> Let's see. okay Erin. so what we do is we come to the portion where we do five and five so we have five questions in five minutes to wrap up our time together are you ready for the rapid fire questions <laughs> yes okay. ladies first, 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 for sure okay question number one if you could describe your soul right now in three words what would they be in this season my soul and um, Restored, renewed, receiving. That's
2: good.
1: Come on, Mm -hmm. let's go. Um, Second question, Erin, is you touched on something and it's entrepreneurship. So this is like part of what you do. And what I'm realizing and finding all the time every day is with millennials and Generation Z in the next generation is they wanna make an impact more so than they prioritize their income. And mm. like you, you mentioned like kind of your narrative or your story, but what would you say to the person who's like trying to make sense of both the dollars and cents and trying to make sense of their passions as well in the process?
2: Mm. I would tell them to surround themselves with the right people. Um, and what that looks like is identifying what they find successful and that, that's healthy success. So if they are successful at being a really good friend, a really good father, a really good um leader to their team, respectful, yeah. loving, kindness, surra- sur- surround yourself with those right people. They will help you navigate what the right questions are to meet sustainability. Huge. Wow, that
0: is so good. Okay.
1: That's good advice, by the way. That is
0: great advice. Okay. Yay. <laughs> Erin if you could ask Josiah and myself one question today what would you ask us anything guys the limit mm. Mm.
2: what have you guys learned being married and going through hardship about your relationship
1: with the lord hmm. I could go first mm-hmm. i think of Micah like referenced it a minute ago like 2018 that was a really challenging season even probably more so for me in some mm. of what i walked through and it's together. And so I think that's the beauty and that's the strength of marriage is, you know, when, when one of you hits a wall or one of you falls, Mm -hmm. there's somebody there to pick you up. And I, I look at like the beauty of that is God carries us. And then he puts this other person who he we weaves into this cord of three strands that's mm-hmm. not easily broken of us, our spouse, and the spirit of God. And that mm-hmm. person for me was Micah who carried me emotionally through a really challenging season. And what I found about marriage, and this isn't always the case, but most often we're not both in the dumps at the very same time. Right. Usually one of us mm-hmm. is up and can carry the other. And so it's like we have strengths that are, in some cases, not completing but Mm complementing. And so Micah's strengths, we Mm -hmm. lean on those strengths. Mm -hmm. And there's been moments where I've been um, able to walk and support her in that strength. Mm -hmm. And so the beauty of marriage when Christ is at the center is there's a renewed source of strength. Of him and then there's a dual source of strength of each of you
0: yeah I definitely agree with that for sure Um, I think what we learn in marriage going through hardships is at the end of the day at the end of the season God is still seated on his throne and I think to when we do have him at the center to not forget who we are there's always going to be we always say that there's a he there's a she and there's a we And to know that when hardships come or when internal struggles are coming, that we've decided early on in marriage when we were actually on our honeymoon that we can call each other out and call each other up. So I'm going to call you Uh, uh, a behavior or something that's going on, but I'm going to call you up in love. And we're going to be a couple that is iron that sharpens iron. Because if one of us is dull, you're not going to sharpen my blade. I'm only going to dull you. So we've just made it very clear that our salvation is not contingent on each other. Our salvation is a personal walk with Jesus and we get to do that together, hand in hand. Not, you know, one of us being drug along or one of us right. dragging the other along, yeah. but to call you out and up in those seasons, um, I think is just a beautiful opportunity to do it in a loving way and to know each other's personalities mm. in that way, I think is probably one of the most beautiful things that we've been able to do. So that's how I would respond to that question. Oh. Snaps for that, I'm so glad I asked it. That's a great question. That was deep, and
1: these are deep. And Erin, I think there's a listener on the other side of this conversation who um, might be starting something, they might trying to be strengthening and stewarding faithfully this mm-hmm. that God's given them. And what role have you found um, pairing creativity With vulnerability, with authenticity on social media. Like, how can the young entrepreneur or the young leader um, engage in social media for the good, but not get caught in the web of comparison at the same time?
2: Mm, Yes, 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 yes. I think it's putting, pun intended, pun not intended, uh, putting filters on your thoughts. Asking yourself the questions of what, why am I doing this? Like, why am I going to post this? What is my motive? Always checking the heart. Asking yourself, am I looking sideways because I've seen what other people are doing side to side? Or am I looking forward on the mission of what God has put on my heart to pursue? And if that is all, if you're always looking forward and never looking side to side, the questions will look different. And so it's just a matter of, you know, asking God, like, like, if you believe that you are, if you are pursuing this endeavor, this mission, and it could even be so random. You could say, I want to, I want to be the best um, felt flower bouquet company out there. You know, it could that could be your mission, you know, or it could be, you know, you want to do something that is more philanthropic, um, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Asking yourself the filter though, like, am I looking side to side because I saw this and it sparked an insecurity in me and this, in this doubt
0: in this sphere or is it that I'm moving forward with the mission of what I feel called to do? That is a great reminder Phenomenal. for anybody. If you're an entrepreneur listening, if you're a leader, if you're a pastor, if you're a businessman, if you're a businesswoman, it doesn't matter. Like to get when we get caught up in the weeds of other people's business, we forget what road we're on. So that is great. Mm-hmm. So Erin, we've come to the fifth and final question. And we'd be curious to ask you this. If you could leave a group of college pastors, young adult ministry leaders, students, young adults, entrepreneurs, wherever they're at in life, if we gave you the microphone today and you could leave them with one word of advice, what would you leave them with? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this
2: is what I would share with them. Man, okay. It just came to me. So I think that this may be what it, it should be. But there's a lot of things I have. So so um, if you have questions, email me. It's Aaron at so <laughs> hey, People are going <laughs> to seek you up on
1: that. They will. That's amazing.
2: <laughs> yes, email me because I have lots of thoughts on that. But one I'll say, you have a stewardship. You have a responsibility to be extremely honest with yourself, with how you feel about how God wired you, your skill sets, your designs, your mission. Um, you have a stewardship to to be honest with what you struggle with. You have a stewardship to to have those honest conversations with God. And the reason I say that is because honest people are not scared of honesty. When when other people share and they're honest with us, we are not scared because we've done the work in being honest with ourselves. So their honesty does not impact us at all and so every leader that's listening if you recognize that you start to be judgy or there's a divide or there's something that's created and revs up inside of you um which happens in leadership you know there's there's a the the enemy wants to divide and you know he wants to kill destroy divide he wants to do that and so my challenge and my encouragement be extremely honest so you can sniff the divide because it is it is god's intent for us to be um unified and honest with other people
0: that is phenomenal great word of advice to leave on
1: erin <laughs> this has been yes. fantastic thank you so home much run.
0: home run <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: oh y'all i'm so honored i'm so grateful thank you for having me and the questions you asked have never been asked before and so i'm just so grateful and your thoughtfulness <laughs>
1: Hey, we love writing the questions and just approaching them with creativity, you know, and curiosity on our end. And so you already gave your email to the listeners. Thank you for that. That'll be fun. And I would just say, if you want to find out more about Erin Eddy, um, The Mission of So Worth Loving, as well as her new release book, with the same title, so worth loving. You can connect with us on our website at youngadults.today as well as across social media platforms. It's just at youngadults.today. So until next time, signing off with Aaron Eddy. This is Josiah and my community. Thanks so much.
0: Until next
2: time.